BRICS, a new gold-backed currency that could completely change the global economy and have a direct impact on your wallet through de-dollarization? That's what people are wondering. Let's break down BRICS together. Hi everyone, I'm Taylor Kenny with ITM Trading, and today we're going back to basics on who and what BRICS is and how it affects you. In 2001, chief economist of Goldman Sachs, Jim O'Neill, coined the acronym BRIC, which stood for Brazil, Russia, India, and China. He created the term to describe the countries that had the fastest growing economies, who he thought would dominate the global economy by 2050. It made sense for these countries to work together, and in 2009, the leaders of these countries got together in their first ever summit, and thus a true coalition was born. The summit was focused on mutually beneficial policies, specifically on strengthening positions of power within the world and economic growth. The next year in 2010, South Africa joined this coalition, giving us the S on BRICS, making it the acronym that we know today. You could say that BRICS is an alliance, a group, a coalition, but they don't have any formal legal documents, and leadership is transferred every single year to a different country, one of the BRICS countries. This year, in August 2023, the summit is going to be held in South Africa, and I know the world is going to be watching. But let's pause for a minute on BRICS, and I promise we'll come back. But I think it's really important that in order to understand how, why, and what BRICS is doing, we need to really know who has been holding power so far and how it's impacted BRICS countries. Now, if you watched my video last week, I dove into the history of gold and the gold standard in the United States and specifically talked about the collapse of the Bretton Woods system in the early 1970s. After the U.S. abandoned any kind of gold standard or gold-backed currency, there was serious concerns in the world about a global collapse of the economy. In 1975, the G6 was created, which was basically a forum for the most influential countries at the time who had similar economic goals to come together and make sure that a global recession was prevented through like-minded policy. This group originally comprised of France, the U.K., the United States, Italy, Germany, and Japan. The next year, Canada joined, which made it the G7, which is the term that you're probably familiar with today. As a side note, while it's called G7 today, there was a period of time where it was called the G8. In 1998, Russia joined, and they remained present up until 2014. They were then kicked out for annexing Crimea from Ukraine. More on Russia in a minute. While the G7 isn't a formal institution, they do carry significant influence, power, and decision-making weight. For example, when Russia invaded Ukraine, significant sanctions were levied against Russia. Now, as a reminder, in this G7 group, we have the dollar, the euro, the pound, the yen, right? All of these combined, these currencies combined, it's a significant force to be reckoned with. As it stands today, the majority of international trade is done in the U.S. dollar, and about 60% of foreign exchange reserves are held in U.S. dollar, making it the most powerful currency. Because of this, U.S. sanctions hurt because countries use the dollar. Whether they want to or not, they are going to feel the impact. As it stands today, they haven't really had a choice. But these sanctions come at a cost to the U.S. Other countries are upset. Take Russia and China, for example. Trade war with China, Russian sanctions. These countries no longer feel like they want to be dominated by the dollar. They feel that it is oppressive and they want out from under the U.S. dollar's regime. This is what is catapulting forward BRICS. 
Now, it's important to know that the G7 is Western-controlled power and leadership. Over these economic policies, the BRICS countries don't have any say, and it would be hugely beneficial for them to live in a world where they don't have to bow to the U.S. dollar and they have more influence and sway over economic policymaking. While there is political unrest within these BRICS countries, it is important to note that they do hold 43% of the world's population, and their combined GDP is more of that than the G7 countries combined. Leading up to where we are today, BRICS has been asking for reforms and influence they have been denied and met with resistance, which is spurring them to take matters into their own hands such as creating the New Development Bank, which is where BRICS countries and other interested countries actually pooled their money to create their own bank. This bank was designed to help with development within these countries, but this is where it starts to get really interesting. There are other countries outside of the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South America, that are interested in getting in on this action. Some of these countries that invested funds into this new bank were Egypt, Indonesia, just to name a few. These are also countries that are interested in becoming members of BRICS. To date, there are 10 countries that have applied to be BRICS members that we know of and another 20 that are interested in learning more by either attending the summit or potentially applying for membership in the future. Why does this matter? Well, out of these countries, there is one that jumped out at me right away who's interested in joining, and that is Saudi Arabia. There's a lot to unpack here, and I'm gonna save all of this for a future video, but right now I do think it's important to quickly touch on the petrodollar and how it impacts what's going on with BRICS. Simply put, the word petrodollar is a combination of the words petroleum and US dollar. It's not its own currency. It is really just a term that is used for when US dollars are used to purchase crude oil. This term came to be back in the early 1970s when Secretary of State Henry Kissinger and then Crown Prince Fahd of Saudi Arabia signed an agreement that stated that in exchange for U.S. economic and military aid, Saudi Arabia would make sure that all oil was priced in U.S. dollars. The other OPEC countries, OPEC standing for Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which includes Iran, Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, just to name a few, they all signed on as well. So all of these countries agreed that their oil would be sold exclusively in U.S. dollars. I cannot emphasize enough how important this agreement was to the U.S. dollar and where it is today. It solidified the U.S. dollar and has continued to prop it up. Now, in recent years, there has been talk from Saudi Arabia of potentially leaving this agreement. They are interested in looking at other currencies. The problem is there hasn't been another currency. There has been no real other viable option. That being said, they have made new friends in recent years. As political unrest continues and tensions rise between the US and Saudi Arabia, they have found new friends such as China. And this is where I bring it back to BRICS. Saudi Arabia has applied to be a BRICS member. We know that Saudi Arabia is close with China. If they become a BRICS member and support a BRICS currency, there is a real possibility here that this currency could be used in the future as an alternative for oil buying currency. Long story short, it gives a lot more weight to this conversation around de-dollarization because of a BRICS currency. So let's talk about what is next and how this would actually work. 
Now the current plan is unclear. We don't know exactly how this currency would operate. So far, what we can understand is that the initial plan would be to have the countries maintain their own original currencies. And on top of that, there would be a BRICS currency that would be used more for trade and as a new foreign exchange reserve. So most likely the BRICS currency would be used in tandem with the original individual currencies. Now, where this gets interesting is that it has been released that this currency might be backed by gold or there's a plan to have this currency be backed by gold. Obviously, if that is the case, it gives it tremendous power and a much better chance of being successful. But what we don't know is the plausibility of that backing as it stands today. Will it actually be convertible? Is that a possibility? I don't know. One thing I can say, however, is that it is a fact that BRICS countries are buying up gold. They're buying as much gold as they can get. China in particular has been on a buying spree since November. So there is definitely something in the works here. So what does this mean for you? What I suggest is be smart here. Get educated and put together a strategic plan. Regardless of the timeline of this or what it's going to take to have a currency backed by gold, if one thing is clear, it's confirming what we've all thought. These countries are coming together with a clear intent to rival the U.S. dollar. This eventually all leads to a reset, and in order to gain that confidence back in the currency, that's where gold comes in. I'll leave you with that today, but for more information, be sure to check out our other videos. I know this is not going to be the last time that we cover this topic, especially with everything coming up over the next couple of months. So if you're not already subscribed, do it today. This is truly only the tip of the iceberg on this topic, and there are so many other topics to get into as well. I'm Taylor Kenny with ITM Trading. Thanks for walking through today with me where we've been and where we're at. Until next time.